Welcome to the Property Voice Podcast, helping you to navigate safely through the world of property investing. Get the lowdown and updates, insights and outcomes on all matters property with a splash of entertainment along the way. The Property Voice, a voice to trust among the crowd. Now, let's get started with your host, Richard Brown. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Property Voice podcast. My name is Richard Brown and as always, it's a pleasure to have you join me again on the show today. So my podcast producer and I are about to go on our respective holidays separately, okay? But in the meantime, I have prepared some holiday shorts uh, to keep you company whilst I'm away. Over the next few weeks, I plan to share some forum poster YPN magazine reader and podcast listener questions, along with one or two email inquiries that I've tended to receive. And I've answered these uh, recently and personally to the individuals concerned, and I've been collecting them as well. So what I thought I'd do is uh, is share these with you over the next few weeks whilst I'm away uh, to keep you company. And uh, hopefully I'll be back in a few weeks or so and we'll dive back into uh, more great content. So today's question comes from a a rather frustrated chap by the name of Dino, who also works full time and uh, has had a bit of a tough ride over the last 10 months or so. And he he asked the question, is the whole property investment thing a waste of time? (laughs) Yeah, he's in a pretty uh, dark place at the moment. So let's hear Dino's story now and uh, how I answered him. Okay, so let's get on with this week's featured topic with Property Chatter. Well, this is Dino's story, and this is literally from his own, you know, using his own words uh, from a a forum post, and uh, hopefully it's okay to share that because it's in the public domain, but uh, I'm going to share it with you now. In his words, apologies in advance, as this is a, a long rant. Probably not in the best mindset at the moment. Aha, maybe you should listen to last week's episode. Uh, Sorry, that was just me interjecting. But I've uh, reviewed what I've achieved over the last 10 months and realised I'm seriously out of pocket. I've lost hundreds of hours of my own time and have pretty much nothing to show for it. So the question is, is trying to be a buy-to-let investor whilst holding down a full-time job even possible? And if possible, are the returns really worth it? As if I'd taken on a Saturday job and invested the wages from that, plus the money I've lost into a pension, I'd be far better off today. And when or if I finally come to retire. The story is, so I've always been interested in property and uh, with a friend bought a cheap property back at the end of 2006. Great time to buy, he uh, utters ironically, (laughs) after many years of uh, talking about it. And property has been, has, uh, sorry, that property has, uh, there's been more voids than rent. And today it's probably just about worth the cost of purchase and refurbishment. The friend has no real interest in it. And if it could be sold, I'd get rid of it as it's a bad investment. So last year, I decided to take this seriously and go it alone. So after much reading, listening to podcasts, I think he reads my, he listens to mine as well. So yep, Dino, you're probably going to hear your own words ringing in your ears, Googling, etc., Uh, setting up a limited company with my wife, the basic reason being that we don't need the income right now. So it was a long-term plan to provide towards an early retirement with no intention of taking any real money out before then. Uh, My interjection, yeah, sounds like a good plan. Things started well. 
Uh, from a conversation with uh, the managing agent of the original property, we bought a, a property that has been refurbished direct from the developer at a BMV or below market value price. And that's currently rented out with good yields, although the first six months contract, uh, so we'll see what it looks like long term. So everything started well, albeit handed on a plate. Since then, I've carried on listening to podcasts or reading books in every spare minute. I'm constantly on right move and mailing lists of a number of agents. From a lot of initial work, I've narrowed down our interest to three areas, two of which are less than 15 minutes from home and one which was less than an hour. I've got all the usual instant right move alerts on and have spent countless weekends driving or walking around looking at the areas. The problem has been moving forward from there. Although I've had a number of viewings, I've had just as many where the only viewings available are 9 to 5 Monday to Friday or something new comes on the market. I managed to arrange a viewing for a Saturday only for it to be sold before the viewing comes around. And despite all of that, I've made offers on a few places and a few months ago had one accepted on a repossessed flat. The mortgage company had a panel of solicitors and the chosen one was pretty useless, including a two-week period when I, I couldn't get an email response or even anyone to answer the phone. Turned out my conveyancer was off sick, but it would have been nice if the main reception had answered the phone. The legal stuff was therefore dragged on for many weeks and inevitably a higher offer has been made, at which point the solicitor decided they were ready to exchange and complete this week or that week, but the vendor's going to accept the higher offer. As an aside, I don't do that anymore. I've had the same experience. I don't even bother with repossessions um, purchases now because this happens quite a lot. End of aside. So after 10 months, says Dino, uh, 1,000 miles, because he's been keeping a, a log of it for tax purposes, and no idea how many hours have been spent searching, researching and pricing, books bought, courses bought, and just over £3,000 in valuation, mortgage and solicitor fees, I've got nothing to show for it. Scratch cards would have been a better investment. <laughs> so, uh, sorry, it's, it's dark humour, I know. So, uh, can this actually be done whilst holding down a full-time job, having a family, etc.? Viewings are limited to evenings, calls to agents, solicitors, etc. are limited to lunch times, which are usually not available, and research is every night in between. Do I commit to the same again for the next year in the hope that one property, providing about 150 to £200 a month before tax appears, or just accept I'm wasting my time, get a Saturday evening job that'll pay the same and invest in pensions, ices and unicorns instead? So in a second we'll just hear my response. Well... That was quite some story, wasn't it, from Dino? And um, I guess I'm just going to go into my response. And, you know, I might elaborate a little bit on a couple of points because uh, I've just been reminded of some things as I've, I've been through Dino's story. So, um, yeah, stay with me. So, basically, what I said, it looks like you've been through the ringer there a bit. <laughs> so, I thought I'd jump in. This was a forum posting. So, I thought I'd jump in and offer some support or at least some alternative advice. And you do know the definition of insanity, I expect which is doing the same thing repeatedly and expecting a different outcome. So my biggest tip is, of, is to avoid going insane by changing the next 10 months from the last 10 months and possibly also the last 10 years as well. You're a busy person, Dino, and it, it seems that you are time poor, at least at the peak times when the so-called professionals are at work. 
So by definition, it would be better if you were to adopt a more passive or outsourced approach, in my opinion. Let's not uh, forget our return on time investment either. Actually, you didn't, although you clearly undervalued it if you look at a minimum wage or Saturday job type of wage. Don't bother reworking the figures right now, but keep that in mind going forward. So what would I suggest as alternatives then? Well, here are some options, and I'm also attaching an article that you might find helpful to gain some perspective. Bit of a side note, because it was on the forum. I uh, attached an article which described the difference, or you know, asked the question, are you a passive or active investor? And it was something I wrote for YPN Magazine a while back. And if you would like a copy, all you really need to do is drop an email admin at thepropertyvoice.net and my uh, lovely assistant, Karen, will uh, put you on the YPN subscription-free mailing list if you ask her to. So write that. Could you please put me on the YPN subscription-free mailing list? And then you'll get access to all of my YPN articles, in fact. And just look out for the one which uh, describes the difference between active and passive investment. But there's a whole bunch of stuff in there, which uh, I'm sure you'll find very interesting too. Back on to the response then. So what you could do is you could invest in property, but much more passively. Some examples include REITs, real estate investment trusts, and uh, or, or private finance to other developers. So you know what they say in a gold rush: the people who get rich, rich are the uh, the people who sell the shovels. So sell some shovels, maybe. But then take the accumulated fund from several years and uh, drop it into property directly later on, or even not, just carry on. And you should be able to at least track average returns from buy to let this way. And if you were able to channel the investment tax efficiently through, say, a pension or an ISA, then it would also retain some of the proceeds uh, from the tax take as well. Or you could invest in property directly. So the first one was to invest in, uh, indirectly and passively. This one is more directly, but in a much more passive way. And, include, and examples would include using a deal sourcer or property finding service to lay, locate properties for you. Using Viewer, which is a viewing service, to do the viewings for you. Recruit a letting agent or a property manager to manage the, the, the projects for you, and so on. Of course, these all cost something, but in some cases, not as much as you might think. For example, our very own property deal tips finding service is just £200 a year. And just to pause on that, literally today, I reviewed and sent out a pre-tenanted property up in the northwest, which I know you're based in. I know you've got some specific areas, but one of the things I might suggest is just to have a broader outlook here. Um, but the, uh, the, 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 excuse me, the property I shared today had uh, a return on investment. So it's a return on your cash investment, not your gross yield, return on your cash investment using a mortgage of, I think it was 13 or 14%. And um, of course, you know, you're going to need something like 25, 30K to get into a property uh, up there. I think it was 80,000 pounds was the cost of the property. So you're going to need approximately 30% of that in, in deposit and associated costs. It was pre-tenanted, so you would have no void. Um, you would not have to furnish it. You would not have to provide white goods. And you would not have to do any sort of decoration. You literally just need to buy it. So you just need to buy it. <laughs> so there you go, £200 a year, and you could have had access to that particular service. 
And then you could have Viewer go and view it for you, uh, obviously during the week when you're not available. And uh, they charge from as little as £30 now, I believe, to do a viewing service, which puts a tick in the box with the estate agent. They can arrange the viewing the next day. They can send you a report. They can send you photographs. They can send you video. Everything you need, basically. And um, if you look at, uh, if you did need to, say, put a lick of paint or replace the carpet, a letting agent might help you do that. I often ask the letting agent I'm going to use for a, pr a property that I'm going to rent out if they will do some extra bits for me. You know, cut the grass, uh, lay some, you know, arrange for some carpets, some redecoration. They're used to this. They have their little black book of traders that they call upon and they're happy to do it. And all it might cost you is full management with the agent. So believe it or not, might not be that expensive at all. Uh, Another th option is if it's a, a bigger project with perhaps a little bit more work and a little bit beyond what the agent might do for you, um, a property manager, get, get on board. There's lots of ways you can get a property manager to help you out. And it typically costs between 10 and 15% of the works budget. And, um, and so that's, that's another option to save you time. Equally, a, and I put in brackets, reputable deal sourcer or a property sourcer might find you a property. And they might charge you somewhere between three and five thousand um, pounds for finding you a property. But if you consider the journey you've just been through, Dino, and you know, I know from my own, you know, research I've been tracking as well, it takes around 30 hours or so of your time just to, you know, search and negotiate properties. And that's not including the viewings, that's not including the fallen through sales. It just takes you that long to find half decent projects. So, you know, paying someone instead of you wasting your time. Uh, might be worth considering. So imagine for a minute you could get a, a 12 or 13 or, you know, whatever, 10 to 15% return on your investment. You pay a few thousand pounds up front. You've saved all that time. You start earning on the property immediately. You don't have the headache, etc. I'm not necessarily saying deal saucer, but there are ways of doing this. So again, what is your time worth? What is your ideal lifestyle? Evenings and weekends pouring over right move or spending time with the other half, family or friends. You have to decide. But don't get me wrong, you will still need to do some work, even if you adopt a more passive or outsourced approach. Not least of which is uh, in your due diligence on the people or the companies that you, you will need to use. And trust me, some of them are not so great, so do be careful with some of the things I've suggested, particularly the deal sources. But here's the thing. Is it worth it in the end? Your 2006 property was a bad investment by all accounts, not least of which the timing, most probably. Um, so maybe that's that's just you can't judge it, but on that one, and you know, I think you recognise that yourself that perhaps it was a bad, bad one, and you need to kind of rip the bandaid off and move on from that. But if you want some inspiration of what can be done by looking at time in the market rather than timing the market, because 2006 was pretty bad timing. Sorry to say, you wouldn't have necessarily known that. But I suggest you read Warren Buffett's biography, The Snowball. Instead of uh, spending all those evenings on the portals, Warren is exceptional, no doubt about that. But he had no silver spoon in his mouth, yet he patiently and diligently started from nothing to become mega wealthy over the decades. And he adopted a value investor approach, which is translated in property terms, uh, sorry, if translated in property terms, simply means hunting for the very few opportunities that will give us exceptional returns. Buy well, invest for income, or where there is clear a clear growth play. And I, I put clear in it, capitals, a clear growth play, because capital gain is uh, somewhat speculative. 
and uh, and do your thorough research. But you don't necessarily have to do this for weeks and months on end. And that's what I talked about repeating the, you know yourself and, uh, and and perhaps it being the definition of insanity. There are other ways of skinning the cat here, as I've been outlining. But it should not be a grind, or rather it doesn't have to be so. And how do I know this? Well, because that's what I've been doing for the past 10 years or so. And I can now look back with a sense of perspective on what worked and what didn't. That's why. I used to have a full-time job when I started in property. I was working for a multinational. Um, it was pretty intense. I had targets and long working hours. I also had a family with teenagers at home uh, with the demands that brings. So I had to make it work around me and my commitments. So I had to get a model that worked in that situation. I couldn't be a developer because I didn't have the time. So I had to find ways to get you know, fairly ready-made or uh, outsourced types of projects, which is what I did. And there's lots of ways to profit through property. The most important thing is to find the way that aligns best to you and your particular circumstances, preferences, resources, and lifestyle. It's not a one-size-fits-all model. In fact, there's more than 50 different property strategies. Some people say more. I struggle to get beyond 50, but hey, it's a lot. <laughs> and uh, as I highlighted, there's, uh, there's more than one way to skin a cat as well. So please don't be discouraged. Take a deep breath and indeed a time out, you know, particularly where you are at the moment. Listen to last week's podcast uh, on mindset. But maybe read that book, uh, the Warren Buffett biography, just to change the narrative for a week or so. Take yourself out of the environment and put yourself into a different environment to, uh, to sort of reprogram yourself and your thoughts. But work out your ideal path. Set a plan in motion and set forward with purpose to achieve it. That's my advice, at least. Uh, go on to say, just, just ping me a message if you need any further pointers, but don't throw in the towel just yet. Just decide which path is the right one for you. So there you go. That's my first holiday short. Uh, another one is going to be coming up next week, uh, but I hoped you enjoyed the shorter and more tailored you know, podcast aimed at a genuine investor challenge. Uh, I literally just tried to share with you uh, somebody's genuine challenge, challenge they posted and, and my response. Of course, there's going to be different angles people could reply with. That was just my take on it. But there you go. That's it for this week. But just as a reminder and in closing, um, the show notes can be found over at the website, thepropertyvoice.net, or if you want to talk about anything about uh, property or from this week's show, you know you can email me at podcast at thepropertyvoice.net and I'd be more than happy to hear from you. Once again, though, all I want to say is thank you very much for listening this time. And until next time on the Property Voice podcast, it's ciao, ciao. Thank you for listening today. Now head over to thepropertyvoice.net for more inspirational content and get updates through our mailing list. Join us next time on the Property Voice podcast. And if you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to rate us on iTunes.